0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody, coming at you on Tuesday. And man, what a weekend it was for SMU, TCU, as the Mustangs bring home the iron skillet once again, beating the Horn Frogs in Fort Worth for the second straight meeting. And let me tell you, it is uh, not cooled down since the clocks hit 0 in Fort Worth as uh, this one has become a full-blown controversy, I say, um, depending on what side you're on. Because SMU, of course, gets the win at TCU, 42-34. SMU covered what TCU was expected to cover SMU for what it's worth. Uh, they do so in a dominant fashion, rushing for 350 yards, the game, honestly, probably shouldn't have been as close as it was thanks to three Tanner Mordecai turnovers, including one at the end of the first half uh, that uh, you know SMU went for it down there at the goal line. But um, 42-34 was, uh, was the, the final score uh, in this one. And, and SMU um, is was, quite honestly, attacked after the game uh, by Gary Patterson of TCU, alleging that an SMU player had hit Uh, Jerry Kill, one of their uh, analysts, a former head coach, um, I believe at Minnesota, uh, with a helmet. And lo and behold, by the time Sunday morning rolled around, uh, there was video that not only did SMU not hit Jerry Kill, at least to the videos that we've all now seen that are out there on Twitter from a ton of different angles, but it was TCU's own player trucking uh, Jerry Kill, and and it honestly wasn't even close. It was if that's truly the case, and there are no other videos, and SMU didn't do that, which I would bet you my entire paycheck for the next year that SMU didn't. Then uh, SMU hitting Jerry Kill with a helmet is uh, as close to uh, the TCU player being intentional about running over Jerry Kill. So uh, Gary Patterson deflects after the loss, and alleges that SMU hits Jerry Kill with a helmet uh, as Rasheed Rice and company were trying to plant the flag in the middle of the field. And uh, just before we started recording, things got even spicier. Jerry uh, Gary Patterson held his press conference earlier today and uh, doubled down, really, um, saying that SMU uh, started it with the flag planting, and which, while that might be the case, TCU's players responded uh, by running into the pile, that is uh, that ultimately caused the TCU player to completely run over Jerry Kill. And you know the the thing about this is, um, and and Rick Hart just released a statement about it, saying that uh, Gary Patterson was expected to walk back uh, the comments that SMU had uh, hit uh, Jerry Kill, and instead really. Um, you know, said he can't substantiate which side it was, even though a TCU player directly knocked down Jerry Kill, who thankfully is back at work um, this week already, um, but really went after SMU, went after them uh, dubbing up Gary Patterson's song, Take a Step Back, uh, and and kind of trolling him with it. Um, you know, the flag planting, uh, said that Sonny Dyke should have called him instead of his AD. Um, which, you know, this is, uh, this is just getting spicy. And before, I just wanted to kind of share my thoughts on it uh, before we get into the game, which is the most important thing, um, and, and certainly one that tees SMU up to, to have quite the special season if they can keep this up um, and, and finish the job kind of unlike um, unlike 2019 when SMU you know faltered down the stretch there. And one, I, I think, Gary Patterson, we've seen this before. Um, he's done this to Baylor. He's done this to a couple other schools um, where he's kind of alleged some post game scuffles or, or some sort of deflective argument that, you know, the media can kind of run with. And, you know, when a coach alleges something like this, I mean, this is like a Miami, what was the Miami FIU brawl where there were players swinging helmets at people? I mean, that's pretty bold. That you know, in what was a skirmish, not even a brawl, that an SMU player would take a helmet and swing it into the back of a of a random coach standing there uh, is pretty wild. So, you know, going into the game, SMU was under Gary Patterson's skin, uh, obviously with uh, him taking to Instagram to say that SMU fans, you know, TCU fans, step up and keep them out of 121 by buying tickets. Um, SMU certainly took that and rolled with it and SMU fans bought a ton of tickets in section 121 and you know this is just I I think Gary Patterson is losing a little bit of um, sight of what is the problem with his team which they got absolutely dominated um, in the trenches by SMU quite frankly on both sides of the ball and that's where I want to move on to. So I think one, we've seen this thing from from Gary Patterson before. It's pretty disgusting, just you know, to allege that a, a player, you know, hit a coach with a helmet um, in a, in a what was a minor skirmish about a flag being planted, is pretty sad. And then uh, for him to kind of go after, you know, some trolling on Twitter with 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 his song is just. Um, you know, just, just shows you that, that SMU has certainly gotten under his skin the last two years, and or two and a half years, however long it's been. And, um, you know, he's got to get a lot of things corrected in his program to start getting this uh, rivalry back to uh, the TCU side of things, quite honestly. Because SMU out-athleted them. Danny Gray, Rasheed Rice, even Reggie Robertson is still coming back. You can tell. Um, Ulysses Bentley, Trey Siggers, um, you know, up front, uh, SMU on the defensive line, Devere Levelston, even guys like Junior Ajo late in the game, Turner Cox. Um, you know, you just saw SMU really be physical with TCU. It was almost kind of personal. I felt like, especially in the run game, rushing for 350 yards, SMU blocked everything really, really well. Uh, they they spread TCU out and said we're going to run the football and run it at will. Uh, I was talking with Jalen Thomas on Tuesday after practice and. You know, he said it was a dream to have that type of a game and to be that dominant up front um, is something that he certainly uh, was proud of. And and the way that group and, and we'll have the full interview on PonyStampede.com for our subscribers. It was an exclusive with us. Um, but to to have that type of a day um, just weeks after the offensive line really being moved back to their old positions, where Jalen Thomas left tackle, Hayden Howerton left guard, uh, Alana Lee center. Justin Osborne, right guard, and and uh, Marcus Bryan and Bo Morris, for the most part, uh, working at at right tackle. You know that that's something that even Sonny Dykes was surprised about in the post game, and but it but it happened, and it happened because SMU had a really good game plan. They really spread TCU out. Um, they uh, blocked everything really well. I think spreading TCU out the way they did. Allowed the run blocking schemes, quite honestly, to be simplified, Um, and and this is just kind of my take watching the game. You know, when you have guys being spread all the way out there to the to the to the boundary, you know that that are not going to be in a running play at all. That helps the offensive line. You know, it it helps uh, keep guys from coming in off the edge, Um, and and that's what SMU did, and they did it very, very, very well. Um, Tyler Levine, Ulysses Bentley, Trace Siggers, all. Had huge days, especially in the yards per carry department. And the thing that that I was most impressed with is the way SMU closed this game out. And you know the defense kind of gave up that you know late touchdown drive. That you know just TCU kind of marched down the field, which I think they were okay with, just judging by the defensive style that they were playing. Uh, they were playing off. Uh, they were leaving their pass rushers in to just kind of pin their ears back. TCU ran a couple couple screens. Uh, ran a couple outs and then and then they hit the post for the for the touchdown but you know that took some time off the clock in a way and you know Jim Levitt's defense um really just stepped up and and that was uh that was big especially coming off of the the fourth down stop going into halftime for Turner Cox to force that fumble which was kind of um helped by Devere Levelston and then for them to um you know jump all over them that was uh you know, jump all over the ball and then Ulysses Bentley scores from one yard out, that, that was big. And, um, you know, I, I just think this game was, was one up front. I felt like SMU really beat up uh, Max Duggan. Um, I, I think uh, Zach Evans, who had a, another strong outing, uh, was, was, you know, kept in check in a way. Um, TCU's offense certainly ran through him, which uh, credit to them for, for recognizing that to, to get him... Uh, the ball the way they did. Uh, but, I, but I do feel like uh, when you look at what SMU was able to do, I, I think this was a game that, that SMU controlled. And I know it was 2021 at all at, at half, but you know, I just felt like watching that game, and I think this is why Sonny Dykes quite honestly went for it on fourth down, it, it was because he felt like, one, at that point, it's 21-all, you're going to need touchdowns and TCU's getting the ball back. But two, just confidence confidence in his players to get it done and you know it didn't work out Tanner Mordecai holds the ball too long and that was that continues to be something he needs to work on um but overall I mean it, it's uh, it's a game that I think SMU entered with a lot of confidence in uh, its team to uh you know get the get the win um and, and their game plan ref- reflected that and and the the way the players uh, reacted and responded all afternoon, uh, reflected that. I think even defensively when they gave up some of those scores, you know, you saw them be physical. You know, Brandon Crosley kind of throws the TCU running back into the um, into, into the, the the side of the stadium in a way just as he gets, you know, through the goal line. Uh, Quentin Johnston draws a PI and Trevor Denbo almost played it right, um, but, you know, Quentin Johnston kind of got up and was a little gimpy after that, and he was really held in check. So there were a lot of things that I felt like really influenced the way the game ended up being for SMU. And I think kind of Jalen Thomas just said it best. I was talking with him, like I said, and he just said, we could see it in their eyes in the, in the second half. I mean, we just saw it in their demeanor. They weren't coming as hard and, you know, that, that's what you want if you're SMU. That's what they've been building towards for so long and, um, you know, a lot of credit goes to SMU for for pulling that all together and putting together a game plan that, you know, one, uh, had the offensive day that they had. I mean, that's, uh, you know, like I said, to kind of lead off the podcast, it, it could have been a lot worse, you know, um, 42-34. But, you know, SMU left points out there, uh, uh, you know, at the one-yard line once again. Uh, and then, um, you know, you got you to gotta feel like SMU, you know, hates those turnovers, right? And, and, and that's something that has to be corrected. And um, so I, I think, um, you know, um, we, we've got to really see, um, you know, what, um, what SMU does from here because they're a team that, um, you know, has the um, um, ability to do something special now. And that was, you know, where the 2019 team kind of ran out of gas. Um, which which was tough, but this team is equipped to to do this now. You know we saw that with the offensive line. You rotate guys like Bo Morris and Marcus Bryant. Cam Irving gave uh, Hayden Howerton a blow every now and again. Uh, you just really uh, saw them, um, you know, put together a, a, a game plan that was dominant. Um, you know, it, it wasn't real. You know, wasn't something that SMU relied on TCU turnovers and things like that and close game or whatever. I mean, that was a game that if you watch the second half and you kind of watch SMU pull away, and I thought TCU kicking field goals, too, was a little tough in the second half um, just because if you're TCU, you really hadn't stopped SMU outside of some interceptions. So um, I think Gary Patterson kind of mismanaged that as well. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it was uh, it, it was as dominant of a showing against a quality opponent as, as I've seen SMU have, um, especially under Sonny Dykes, I think, and and don't quote me on this, and somebody can chime in on our message board, but, and, and you know, people will kind of, um, you know, look back when I say this and probably chuckle a little bit, but kind of since, you know, SMU beat up T, uh, since, uh, Houston, you know, I, I think that that's, like, really beat up a top 10 Houston, and it wasn't close. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, not the last time, but, again, just you know a dominant win a really dominant win I I felt like SMU against TCU in 2019 did its job took advantage of the cards it was dealt and got the win but in terms of dominating a really good opponent opponent um, I think the last time I saw a showing like this and again please correct me on the board but uh, it was probably uh, that uh, you know SMU Houston game a few years back so um, again something to build off of for SMU and and I, I would imagine they're going to be circling the wagons this week to really, um, you know, make sure that they don't let the hangover sit in and um, you know let USF get confident. They're a team that's coming off of a good win or a, excuse me, um, you know, good showing against uh, BYU last weekend, and they have some team speed. And, and Sonny Dykes was talking about that too on Tuesday when we spoke with him. So, uh, but overall, we're going to preview that game later in the week. Um, I do want to say just again. What a spicy little rivalry the hiring skillet has become this week and weekend. Uh, and it certainly was a fun game to watch if you're an SMU fan, especially that second half. That was uh, pretty darn dominant uh, showing by, by the SMU uh, Mustangs there to uh, move to 4-0. Now, a uh, homecoming game on Saturday against USF. We will have your full coverage of that on PonyStampede.com, so be sure to be tuned in for that. And we'll catch you later in the week with another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and follow us on the Pony Stampede podcast wherever you catch your podcast at. So, uh, like I said, keep it locked on Pony Stampede and uh, enjoy this. That was a big one for the Mustangs. And, um, you know, I think it could be just the beginning of what's a uh, looking like a special season for, for Sonny Dykes and Co. So, we'll catch you next time on the Pony Stampede podcast. Have a good week.